This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, one of the environment highlights of 2021 has been the launch back in April of the Wilder St Albans project. Funded by St Albans District Council and managed by the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, its aim is to improve biodiversity and wildlife habitats by helping community groups deliver projects that will make their district a wilder place. Now, it's been a busy start for the project and it is already making a big difference. Water voles have returned to the ver, wildflowers have popped up in areas of unmown vergicide grass and local people have been inspired to take wilder actions in their own outdoor spaces. I caught up with project leader Heidi Carruthers. Heidi, thank you so much for joining me. So the last time I spoke to you and we spoke about some of the verges around St. Albans that have been left long to encourage a bit of wildlife there. And you'd been training wildlife surveyors to just to check on the biodiversity of them. Now, I've noticed that they're all cut now. Was this a success? Did you find anything good with the surveyors? And what happens now? Yeah, so hello Amanda, nice to be back on the show. So in midsummer, uh, we uh, ran some training programs for 27 volunteers to help us survey these sites to collect some ecological information because basically we can only um we we only really know how best to manage them when we know about the sort of species that are that are there already. Uh, And actually, a total of 20 butterfly species were recorded across all of these plots. There were 37 plots in total and uh, 492 individual butterflies were recorded as well. Uh, One of the best spots uh, uh, was a patch on Lower Luton Road. And actually, there were nine different species recorded there, um, which was just fantastic. And a fantastic number of plant species recorded in Blue House Hill, almost 90 species of plant there. And what this tells us is those patches that are particularly diverse already, or at least showing good signs that they're heading in the right direction, such as Blue House Hill or Lower Luton Road, would actually just continue managing them as they are. Because with the um, correct management approach of just cutting them once a year, as you've probably seen recently, and then removing all of those cuttings so no nutrients go back into into the soil these areas will actually just continue to diversify naturally over time so that's great but what our um, two months of data collecting also showed us that there were a couple of patches which aren't doing particularly well and we will now look to try and give them a boost or help them to diversify more quickly over time and this will include things like adding yellow rattle seed uh, into the into the strips and yellow rattles are a, a wonderful annual plant because it actually parasitizes on some of those coarse bullish grasses that will take over and um, allow less space for wildflowers to grow. So no, it's been, it's been a real success. Only two months of data can actually give you quite a lot of information that you can take forward to the next growing season to, uh, to manage things differently. That's brilliant to hear so that something as simple as just stopping mowing can have a real effect on biodiversity. 
Yeah, it really can. And actually, this year in particular, we've seen quite a few sites where we've had things like bee orchids pop up that have never been recorded before. So really, we would say, you know, if you are thinking of creating a wild patch and um, wherever you are, you know, do just leave that first growing season to see what comes up naturally. Take note of what you've got there. It's not until you know what's in the soils already that you can then best manage it going forwards. So that sounds like the, the wilder spaces is going really well. How about the other Wilder projects? How are they going? Yeah, they're going well, thank you. So we've got our Wilder-themed working groups. We've got three different groups and they are themed around our broad habitat types. So we have a trees group, we have a water group and we have a meadows group. And uh, these groups are made up of individuals from the community and local stakeholders. And we've been meeting once a month over the last few months to come together as a group and decide what we think are real priority actions locally uh, with respect to that broad habitat type. Things that we we think need to happen in order to increase biodiversity and we're just at the stage with each of these groups now where we're really setting some actions things that you know start of next year in January me as a project officer can start to help make happen working with local land owners. Okay and just to stress these wilder groups these are things that anybody any interested person any enthusiastic individual can join in with. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have an interest at all with any of these broad habitat types, um, then you are more than welcome to join. And all the information about how to get involved with these groups is up there on the project web pages. So that's heartswildlifetrust.org.uk forward slash Wilder St Albans. Brilliant. Now, you've just launched the Wilder Actions Map. Can you just tell us what's this for? Yes, yeah, so our Wilder Actions Map is finally here, which is a real uh, a real moment for us in the project. It's something we've been working towards over the last couple of months. So our Wilder Actions Map is where we are plotting where people are taking action across our district and what exactly it is that they are doing or or planning to do. So we've already had over 70 actions put on there, which which is fantastic. And I'll give you a couple of examples. This is things like um, St Nicholas C of E Church in Harpenden. They've been creating a bug mansion and digging some hedgehog holes last month. So they've put a pin to to mark what they've been doing there. And uh, a farmer in Redbourne has been planting some hedgerow he's planted 50 meters of hedgerow and created a large pond so not only will we will it be really inspiring to see all of these things on the map that are happening around us but it will also help us to build up that picture of how all of our individual actions really are working together to uh, to improve things for wildlife around us okay so how do you hope that we'll use the map when we go and look at it is, is it a matter of thinking oh well look somebody's been doing a hedgehog hole down my road perhaps I could join it is, is it that kind of thing yeah so you can you can really drill it down to that level you can go in and see what your neighbors are up to see see you know what's been going around you going on around you at a street level but this map is for everybody you know whether you are an individual or a, or a school or a community group we want you to use it to not only find out what's going on around you but also to shout about what you are doing as well the district council the parish councils it's it's for them to use and actually the district council have some exciting wilding proposals that they've already put on the map and these are for our local parks and green spaces so these are uploaded there already so you can have a look at your local green space see what is planned and also comment against any of these proposals by clicking on the on the green space itself Okay, that's a good tip. So just thinking about, say, for instance, my 
garden, the kind of thing you might want me to put on there, my, my little pond, perhaps my bug hotel, do, do those sorts of things count? Yeah, all of those things count. So anything that you are doing on your patch that's either you're creating habitat for wildlife or, or improving improving your area for wildlife. So even if you're feeding the birds in your garden, which is something that's especially important this time of year, we want to hear about it. If you are creating hedgerow in, in your school grounds, that's the sort of stuff that we want to know. If you are a parish council and you've got a big project for your green spaces or, or you have an idea and want to put it out there for the community to give you their ideas as a consultation all of that we we want on the map okay that sounds that sounds very exciting it's quite a fabulous little database for people to go and explore the things that are already going on or proposed brilliant now we've got festive season coming up any suggestions for something that we could do perhaps whilst we're at home over christmas or something to mark the new year just to make our garden or outside space a little bit wilder something we can do at this time of year Okay, so at this time of year, birds in particular in our gardens and and in the wider countryside can really struggle to find food. So feeding birds will really help them and is something that we can all do where we are. So you could provide food that is especially high in energy. So things like nuts or seeds or suet and put out fresh unfrozen water daily, you know, especially when you can see the natural water sources around have frozen. Uh, one other tip I'd say this time of year is resist the urge to tidy up, you know, in your garden, leave your hedges overgrown, leave the dead flower stalks and heads on your plants until spring, because this, all of this does provide overwintering habitat for a lot of different creatures and also food sources as well. Okay, well, that doesn't sound like too much hard work then, <laughs> I'm pleased to say. Now, at the Wildlife Trust, you're encouraging us to have a wildlife-friendly Christmas. So just having a little think about some of the suggestions you've got for us, let's start with presents. Any wildlife-friendly presents we could think about? Well, certainly there's lots of different gift packages that are out there that you could buy, you know, giving someone, offering someone a wilder Christmas, whether it's donating to a local charity that helps to support and protect wildlife or to local nature reserve or or community group that helps. Instead of buying certain Christmas decorations as well, you know, you could make something uh, for what you find in nature. So, for example, you could make a star from twigs or sticks or string some pine cones together to make a, a nice garland. Well, I had some friends around on Friday evening and the place was looking a little bit bare. So uh, I just went out and gathered some ivy and a few berries. And everybody was like, oh, lovely flower arrangements. Wonderful. Actually very easy to do. And as you say, it really does make the place look so wonderfully festive. And of course, when you've finished with it, it just goes onto the compost bin or into the green bin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really convenient as well. Those are good ideas there. So I had my first mince pie last week as well. How about some food suggestions for keeping things wildlife friendly? We could certainly make sure we use seasonal foods this time of year. So food that we're eating has a low carbon footprint you can try to minimize food waste by sort of planning the meals that you're having ahead and and coming up with creative ways to use some of your leftovers and certainly make sure you compost any of the vegetable waste that you have left over you could buy local produce wherever possible to minimize your food miles and and also avoid foods with lots of packaging so you reduce your, your plastic waste at this time of year. Some good points there, Heidi, because we do forget, of course, that all the land used for agriculture isn't on the whole being used for wildlife, is it? So things like food waste actually have a really big impact on, on wildlife. 
Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about what we do over Christmas, you've got a great idea. You're doing 12 Days Wild over Christmas, a Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust um, Challenge for us. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, sure. So our, our 12 Days Wild Challenge is a seasonal variation on our, on our 30 Days Wild Challenge. So essentially what we'd like you to do for the 12 days following Christmas, so from the 25th, we uh, we're asking everybody to do one wild thing per day and there's lots and lots of different things that you could do certainly one of my favorite things to do is actually to just to get out and enjoy the local wildlife that we have at this time of year so for example you could go and see a starling murmuration locally you know and we do have mesmerizing displays just on our doorstep such as that um, Tittenhanger gravel pits so get out there and enjoy yourselves for one day and see a, a local wildlife spectacle. Brilliant. That sounds good. Do you have a, perhaps a couple more wildlife spots that you'd recommend locally that might be worth us uh, going to take a look at? Well, I certainly think seasonally this time of year, do keep a lookout for foxes during the day because it is this time of year when they are courting and mating and quite often you will see them out and about. And of course, at night time, if you happen to be up late at night, do listen out for that very eerie call of the vixens uh, that they're making at the moment because they are looking for a mate. Yes, I've heard that going on in our road. And it has to be said, I did wonder why they were choosing now to be so noisy. But now I know. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, looking forward to a, a wild Christmas and hopefully an even wilder 2022. Um, Heidi, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And we look forward to hearing about uh, more of the wilder goings on next year. Thanks very much. I was talking there to Heidi Carruthers, project leader of Wilder St Albans. So do check out the Wilder Actions Map in the Wilder St Albans section of the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust website. I found it amazing to see how much people are doing for wildlife and it's a real inspiration to make me want to do more myself. I've also signed up for 12 Days Wild. It does look like a great opportunity to encourage us to, well, frankly, get off the sofa and out into the fresh air over Christmas, to be able to see some wildlife, as Heidi suggested, and to look in different ways at wildlife and perhaps even help it as well. Now, Heidi had some lovely wildlife-friendly Christmas present ideas there, and we've had some brilliant ideas over the last couple of shows. If you miss them, do catch up on the podcast page of the Radio Verulam website. That's radioverulam.com. And I've even found a few more ideas if you're still lacking inspiration. So how about a lovely seed bomb? Grow Community Sopwell have some organic wildflower seed bombs that would make, well, I think, a lovely stocking filler. They're native British wildflower seed bombs in a lovely gift bag for suggested donation of £2. And they've also got locally grown flower seeds for just 50p per packet. And if you'd like those, you can find them on the stall outside 71 Leyland Avenue. That's a great way to support, well, not just local wildlife, but also a really lovely local community gardening group as well. How about also Jefferson Crafts? Do you remember Danny Jefferson who won her category for the Young Market Trader of the Year for all the lovely things that she makes herself and with her family? Well, they're online as well as being on various local markets and they've got some really nice ideas, all handmade by by Danny and her industrious family and all really useful too. Things like a set of reusable makeup removing pads or a lovely little cloth pocket with a set of wooden cutlery or some really pretty elasticated covers to use on bowls rather than using cling film. So do check them out, Jefferson Crafts. 
Now, another idea. My family are great fans of the St. Albans Beer Shop. Now, they've got an awesome selection and they will deliver um, free for orders of £50 or more and they really do deliver very promptly as well but and even if alcohol isn't your thing their selection of alcohol free beers is absolutely amazing and I think that a box of beer would make a really lovely gift with all recyclable packaging no plastic supporting a great local business and I think you can pretty much guarantee that it won't end up in landfill or gathering dust anytime in the new year so all good environmental boxes to take there too. And one more tip I found for you. If you're planning your Christmas Day table, how about some zero-waste reusable crackers? What you do is you just add a cardboard roll and a gift or joke or hat of your choice. Now, they're made from jolly material with a Christmas print and they're tied with a ribbon bow. Great idea because there's so much waste involved in Christmas crackers, aren't there? So I, I do like this. They're available from the refill pantry at all three of their shops, either on London Road, at Carpenters on Sandridge Road, or over at their shop in Berkhamstead. Well, perhaps you've got your own environment-friendly but lovely gift recommendations. If you have, do let me know and I'll share them next week. You can drop me a line on amanda at radioverilum.com. You can message me via the Environment Matters Facebook page and you'll also find me on Twitter at rv underscore environment. Always love to have your comments. Now, next week, we're going to hear from some of the amazing local people who know so much about wildlife, about how they learned what they know and how the rest of us can get started to learn more about wildlife ourselves. So do join me then. That's going to be at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.